Yeah, what's going on? This is TRAC, and you're listening to Volume MC. Oh, wait. (laughs) This is. All right, let me do it right now. Um, Yo, this is TRAC, and I'm chilling out with Valiant right now on the Vocal Podcast. 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 Like a knight with the armor on In the night of ambiance One step of life beyond Mankind's pardoners 
searching for me Modern art or martial arts sharp enough is good to break Put it back together then just let it sit the base Obliterate the horrors, invigorate the followers Picture for conquers, got the mass swaying constant No phantom, no operas, as it's real as it gets Suits can't handle what honor, yeah. Wave your arm for the ministry DJs put it on the streets Hear the roar once potentials reach Welcome to the symphony Indeed, it is about that time again. It's another episode of The Vocal, and I am your host, Valiant MC. Today's special guest is the one and only MC Track, T-R-A-C. Hashtag four letters, three dots, or is it three dots, four letters? I'm not for sure, I can't remember. That track you just heard uh, was by Track in Unreal, and it was called Roorganic Symphony, off of his album Life in Motion uh, on V Recordings. And the track you hear now is a much older track. Uh, it's by Code Blue, and it's called Angels in Dub. Um, it was a remix by DJ Crystal, and that remix was featured on. Promised Land Volume 1, which is a mix by LTJ Bookham and MC Conrad. One of the first mix CDs I ever bought. And MC Conrad, if you've listened to my work, you know, is a massive influence on me. Oh, oh, I love this part of the track. Anyway, I just released episode number four with Colette Warren, and uh, that episode, as well as this episode, feature interviews that are, uh, shall we say, a little bit beset by some technical issues. It's my fault because I don't listen to the interviews through my headphones when I'm doing them, so a lot of times I don't pick up on any sound issues until it's too late. So I have learned a valuable lesson because of all the work that went into saving these conversations. I don't even really know if I should be admitting that in this episode, but whatever. Anyway, it was a good talk with MC Track. Uh, and not to throw a pun in there, but I did get off track. <laughs> um, I had a list of questions I wanted to ask him. And eventually I just kind of chucked the list of questions right out the window. As a result, the interview itself is a bit, uh, I don't want to say freewheeling, but it's 
a little bit loose. But I don't mind, because the, the talk was real good. He's a really great dude. Uh, he's a fantastic MC. I was really happy to have him on, especially because he is a fellow American. And he is definitely the most successful of the American MCs ever so far. He just released a, a project called Next Level Event, which is a mix with him and DJ IQ. And uh, yeah, you should definitely take a listen to that. That is out on SoundCloud now, free download. It's got some VIPs in there. It's, a, it's actually a really fun mix, and that's, uh, that's why I like it so much. And you're going to hear in the interview that I sound a little... Uh, a little creaky. Uh, the week that I did the interviews with Track and then Colette Warren, I was pretty sick. So, uh, big up to Tylenol Cold and Sinus. So we're going to carry on into the music a little bit more now. The next one up is a classic. It's called Share the Fall by Ronnie Size and Represent. And of course the tune features the wonderful Annalie on the vocal. So sit back and relax and enjoy. We're going to do about an hour of music before we get into the interview. And just to remind everybody, this podcast is presented by Duddy Bass Audio and D&B Refined. Duddy Bass, of course, released my first EP. D&B Refined is the purveyor of my own apparel. So go to freshpapercut.com slash D&B Refined and check out what they got. They got a lot more than just my stuff, I'll tell you that. So here we go. This is Share the Fall. And of course, you are listening to The Vocal.
straight to the pinnacle, shooting straight With the proof, we the sign as we come through as we sever Hit the target every time, cause we be the master when we slam This English lane, our time to understand, coming back like a boomerang Untouchable like you can't fuck 
Undiluted, raw cause it's uncut The style we've got is like we can't stop We keep it real when we flow this one It's one direction but it's many of one Our versatility is equal to none Formation and the MP3 take to download To the unexplored is where we go on a mission Computer connection intersection to your mind From analog to digital they combine Down to Dallas, 48 kilohertz rain Into the house for a fucking eight hour wait Then you get a quiz, 10 inch press stop later To be dropped in the system like an end to devastate To be dropped in the system like an end to devastate Rush Optical Basim and Rhyme Time with Fast Lane. Up next, we got the Mob Tactics remix of Whatever by Jill Scott. I love this one, and I love anything Jill Scott does, so here we go. This is the vocal. Check right, directive, it's selective. I come down with a man they call the Rhyme Time. I be the B to the S, now the I am, now with the virus cool. Why I shine? Why I shine?
smooth for Armani Reigns. Let's check it out. This is the vocal.
Yeah, so this next one we got coming in is one of my favorite cuts off the MC Track Life in Motion LP. And it was produced by someone who's gone beyond legendary. He's probably attained this mythical status when it comes to drum and bass producers. And his name is Caliber. I had one producer to work with before I died. I could choose that person, it would probably be him. No offense to anybody else out there. This track is called Blue, and we actually do discuss it during the interview, so listen close to that. So let's go. This is the vocal. Skies with the heat wave Remain cool, degrees we control them The strife, the feisty 
Let's pause for a second. Let me jog your conscience. Broaden your horizons. We'll have no nonsense. We'll shift another gear into a new format. Temperatures higher than a hundred on the thermostat. Check your feet. Check yourself. Check the groove. Check the rhyme. Each individual has a lock into your mind. Once initiated, then of course we can continue. Mixing up your tunes to put the magic in your heart, your mind, your body, your soul. With automatic push bottom cruise control. So we proceed to progress. You realize you dip rise, open your eyes, you harmonize, modify to push the drama face and this is how we're booming it. You should be knowing that and never assuming that will be the same style you will find on the street. New style, new beat, unique for the beat freak. Squeeze the injection, spreads our sweet infection You've got the fever, we dare you the fever And we've got your pleasure control, so pull the lever Stop the motion, stop the mechanics Expand the dance, transoceanic No need to worry, no need to panic After slip inside, different guys, super acrobatic ever released that is the album version 
of F Jam by Adam F with MC Conrad. And I say album version because there was an instrumental release as a single before that that had no vocals on it. MC Conrad came along and did his thing. Well, well, looky here. Got another track from myself and Will Miles. Uh, I played the original in the last episode. This is Walking, but this is the Conrad Subs remix. Now, keep in mind, uh, this is not completely mixed down. It is not mastered. Uh, But it gives you an idea of what he did with it. And I definitely dig how he handled the remix duties. So uh, let's check this out. This is the vocal. Remains in the shadows of the future undetermined. 
got a new mix coming out with Conrad Subs called In Session, as well as, uh, I don't know, like a bucket full of tunes that we've been working on together. Uh, a couple of those will be on my album coming out in the fall. But for now, we're going to listen to the whiny remix of Degs and Detunes' Paveglia. Let's listen. This is the vocal. So, hey, this is Degs, and you're listening to Valiant MC on the vocal podcast. Keep it locked. 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 Try listening to my friends. They told me, bro, it ain't worth it. You know how these things turn out in the end. But, baby, I can't pretend. It's all my fault, I'm returning It ain't so easy just to knock it on the head When I'm feeling like I'm falling into you Because just this one time you're making me unwind and see the truth I never really wanted this, I gave you my excuse You're taking the control, you're taking the control, you're taking the control Let's go, let's go. 
one time you're making me unwind and see the truth I never really wanted this, I gave you my excuse You're taking the control, I'm watching it unfold but I'm feeling good
like caliber after him, Fotek also attained a certain mythical status amongst drum and bass producers for a very good reason. Without exception, his tracks are all on a completely different level. And that remix he did of Everything But The Girl's single is no exception. I love that track. For now, however, going to get into something a little different. Another track from Shy FX off of his Ragamuffin Sound Tape album. I can't say enough good things about this album. This track features Stamina MC and Lily Allen, and it is called Roll the Dice. This is the vocal. Thank you. 
This has been the vocal. I am Valiant MC. Jam out to this one, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time. Let's rock To make moves and decisions The only way to motion You're going to make a living Let's begin a conquest Winning over your conscience Spinning, rolling beyond this vision Viewing the fall We use all of our conflicts Seeing path to constructs Constant, like how I spit it Let's raise the ball Finches swaying and laid Made for traffic as we jamming Trucking over the junk With so many cats be crashing Whipping in the luxury Passing by so lovely Sporty for four wheels The old deals keep it funky Yo, whatever have you taken on Don't ever take it wrong Whenever the track jam up That mean you hear on. Make a blast as fast and pass the traffic. Life's so boom fast. How I move is classic. Yeah. As I roll, as I ride for the gold. For the good industry 
I gotta lean up my own. Pass the green, pass the green, let it go. go. So moving ain't the issue. Boom, the residential. Yeah. Let me take you to the. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Lots be going down on the. Gats to roll around through the. As yeah. I cruise down the path yeah. at the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. Boom systems, tunes hit with precision. Setting visions of the winds down roads. This is the. Cause the boys steady shining like there ain't no denying. Flowing right past jewel and diamond. This, this is, is my. Designs for the path that I roam on my lone goals in my zone. I can never crash. Put some boom down the beat. All my peeps up the streets with some lady friends. Change of events right on the path. Music's the vehicle pushing for plenty passengers so they can all recline. I don't drive like an amateur. How to ride. Swerve is like engineers hit the gear, city dash with the boards. The prizes in my eyes, I'm looking humble for shot. This was a long road, but now it's just right up the block as I accelerate. Put my foot on it. No GPS destinations made by the performance. Yeah, let's ride, let's roll, and let them know. Let them know through the streets we got lanes of our own. Past the crane, it's a go. Moving ain't the issue. Bumping through residential. Yeah, let's check out the. So much be going down on the. You know the way we can sway down a, an avenue of dreams is what we have to do. Oh. got a hip-hop background before drum and bass correct uh 100 percent of that yeah you know um so talk um, about that a little much, bit yeah like i was pretty much always involved you know i like you know i had you know um you know like as far as the hip-hop things you know i've always wanted to be sort of an artist and then i had an opportunity to work at a few uh labels to learn a little bit more over the years and then after that whole uh, stick came out, uh, you know, I'm, I run into a few people, such as like IQ, who's been like, you know, a long time brethren in New York City. And, uh, he was, you know, he always will get the credit for like introducing me into something a little bit different and the validity of the, uh, of, you know, of what it was. You know, he was breaking it down. Like previously I heard it with my brother. Many moons ago, who was telling me, yeah, this is about to be the next big thing. And it was on like a pile of radio station. I forgot the name of the station. But, uh, you know, at the time I told him, yo, could you please turn the channel? You know, this is, this is knocking me in the head with all the amens running all over the place. And so, you know, if you run, if, you know, the exploded to run into a person like you who pretty much took his time to sit me down and he talked about the breaks and the breaky culture. And broken beat culture and all that stuff and uh playing records and of course it was a bit more it was still a little bit boring to me to be honest you know what i mean because it wasn't that uh i didn't have any respect for it it was just like i'm not really into it like that you know what i mean you know 
I respect all kinds of like genres of music and stuff like that. So, you know, just to sit down and learn more and the historical points and all that was great. But it's like, well, I'm still this, you know, I'm still hip hop. I'm still. So when was this? Being in my reggae, you know? When was this though? Uh, I would say somewhere in that 96, 99 area. Okay. 96 to about 2001. Okay. So you were kind of, you were kind of, you were, you were kind of getting the hang of drum bass, but you still weren't really feeling it. Um, uh, I started really feeling drum and bass. I always tell people after 9-11. After 9-11, something triggered in me where it was like, all right, you need to stop bullshitting with yourself and, uh, understand that this thing is, you know, something that you really want to do. So lo and behold, that's where everything sort of really picks up. And this is even after I dropped, we dropped our first single on Liquid Sky when, uh, Soul Swinger had Liquid Sky around. Right. You know, it was all, it was this one big filler that was, you know, uh, the name of the song, of course, is Next Level Shit. And, uh, you know, it was my first piece of single. I had us running around the country doing, it was like a, a good fulfillment to feel like an artist. You know, if you know what I mean, because at the time I was just, more behind the scenes, doing my in and turning, doing my, my positions and stuff. You know, I, I worked at uh, I worked at Columbia for a little bit, and I worked at Death Chance for a little bit. So, if you want to know a little background, Universal and all that. So, what were you so, uh, what were you doing for those labels? You said you were you were working uh, for them. So, what kind of stuff were you doing? Just uh, I pretty much interned there for a couple of years, and then I got as far as uh, being the uh, college rep, assistant college rep. And crossover radio promotions, uh, director. So I was assistant director to all that. You know, um, I got, I got acquainted with a lot of places and a lot of people over time. And, uh, you know, it was a fun experience until you realize that, uh, you need a little bit more, uh, what do you say? Guidance and a little bit more strength, so to speak. So like whenever issues would pop up, I didn't necessarily have somebody that I, could probably really chat with as to how to get out of those situations. But, uh, you know, right. so in a, in a long short, I probably could have still be in those positions, but my, my, my emotions pretty much got the best of me. I'm a young kid. So I pretty much just decided to up and go, even when people was asking me to come back. And I just was like, ah, I can't do it. And I remember all the DJs hitting up like Kevin Lyles and all these guys like, yeah, what happened with this cat? Uh oh. Lost the connection there. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Let's backtrack like 30 seconds. You were describing how things were going, uh, working for the labels, and you're talking about how, you know, you're a young kid, kind of hot emotions. Uh, well, I wouldn't say it, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a young kid trying to find his way through. Passionate young kid, of course. Uh, who not necessarily had a lot of, uh, say, per se, support, because the support was actually there, but just not in the form of chasing the dream, so to speak. So uh, a lot of things that would happen, and you, you kind of know how people feel, so you don't go to those people to find the answers. So you're kind of on your own, especially when it falls. It's just that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, for me, I was up there long enough, and I learned a lot, and... um it's things that I actually use pretty much all the way through, even if it's been a bit of a slow process. It's been things that I carry with me because it's, it's, you know, to say that you've been up there for like three, four years 
and to not say something came out of it would be insane, you know. It's just that, uh, once again, uh, you know, you're young, your emotions get the best of you on a lot of things. And there was time and patience to fix things. And uh maybe that was just not in my book because of I just didn't understand how to, you know, handle situations, so to speak. <laughs> when you but when you were working for these labels, uh, mm-hmm. was there a sense that at some point, though, some kind of recording contract was going to come out of it or was going to lead to that somehow? Uh, you know, honestly, I put the artist thing uh, away. It, it was mostly because, one, it's a dream space. You know what I mean? It's a place that you always dreamed of being a part of. And so, and like, you know, you're working at Def Jam. Who doesn't want to work at Def Jam if you're some type of hip hop lover, musician or whatever? And, uh, you know, man, you get that, you jump on it. And once I started seeing how things work from behind a little bit more, it became very enthused. I became very enthused with how that works. So eventually my idea was like, well, if you just get the knowledge and apply it to something, maybe to myself or maybe to something out there, or maybe just help this company keep growing, you know? So, uh, that's what was the thinking at my mind at the time. And, you know, in the midst of it, I, cre- I created a lot of really really cool relationships and stuff. So, you know, it's a moment in time for sure. Like I tell people, you know, even though I went to college, Def Jam was my real college just because of all the, uh, you know, things that were going on. So, so obviously at some point though, some kind of page had to turn because you were obviously now very well entrenched in drum and bass. So how did you make the switch? Why did you make the switch? Like what was the catalyst involved? Uh, hanging around a bunch of rave kids. <laughs> right. Um, so who put the mic you know, in your hand for the first time then? Who said, yeah, get on the mic? Who said get on the mic the first time? Yeah. Man, that's a question. Uh, it's still, it's all gotta be like my digital confusion family from New York, IQ, all these guys who were pretty much like the kids of NYC, you know? Um, like me coming, you know, I met IQ through a, fe- a fella named Showtime who was like this legendary, uh, mixtape cat. Top, one of the top dudes, one of my favorite homies too as well. And um he was trying to get something together and in the midst of it, IQ was part of the production of a lot of stuff and they were doing these like really classic stuff. So me coming involved was kind of the reopening of me becoming an artist again. You know, in the midst of that, that's where Q gets into the whole situation of, yo, you ever heard of this thing called Jungle Drum and Bass? I was like, yo, I just heard this on the radio like a couple months ago or whatever the hell I said. And then he started breaking it down, and then we just take it in, you know. Um, it was just a moment in time for this stuff. But, again, it was always him to say, yo, T, I don't want you trying to do triple-time rhyming and all this. Be yourself. Just be yourself on this thing, dude. Trust me. Just follow follow the lead. Just keep it simple. And that's where it all starts, you know, as far as trying to figure out where I need to be musically in the mind and how do I all uh fit into this drum and bass properly. You know what I'm saying? So so when it comes to like the format, you know, whether it be tunes or on a set, you know, you've got either eight or 16 bars to say what you're going to say pretty much. Pretty and spe- much. Especially now that DJing is digital, it's like eight bars. Yeah. Um, when you first were kind of getting into it, how natural or unnatural did it feel to apply your skill set to this format that was actually really rigid like you know what I mean? Like it's you've got to you've got to fit yourself into these little windows in each tune. So how did that feel to you? Uh, you know what? 
uh, I, maybe that's uh, being a, a product of New York. Like, you know, R.I.P. to uh, the TC is. He used to beat a homie and stuff like that, you know. And uh, we had always had this idea of like, yo, this is this ain't nothing different than going out to the, you know, doing it out in the park and rocking with, say, whatever DJ, playing whatever kind of records. It's literally the same thing. So, you know, I don't really stick to the, to the, to the certain rules, but I keep it in mind because at the, at the same time, it's more about the music than about me or even a DJ at some point. You know what I mean? Yes, the DJ is the, uh, he's the guy that's setting the format and you're the narrator and you have to narrate it so it fits in the format. And, and, and I think that's always been like the sort of idea. So if, if, uh, if you want to say something, then say it. If you, if you, if, if you want to try and just finesse something, you know, like even like a lot of the cats from back in the days, it wasn't like 20 million balls thrown at you. It was getting the crowd hype, throwing that fly ass rhyme, keep the crowd popping, throwing another fly ass rhyme. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and just, just keep it festive. And that's all Masters of Ceremonies really is, is, is the voice of the party. And that's what, that's the voice, that's what you play. So I never really looked at it as like, yo, you know, this is a good example. Uh, my first time ever rocking would book them. They were looking for an MC and I ended up being that MC for, for my first ever book of night. And when I tell you, I had every homie in the world hitting me up, telling me, yo, T, you need to be like this. You need to be like that and just be like, this is how he plays. And I have never felt so much pressure in my life. To ever rock for a DJ, yeah, I right. swear to you. And then the whole funny part to the whole thing is that uh, this is how it works in life. I guess like you're going there, and I'm a very really subdued guy. People are there not to see if I'm good, but they already expect me to be good, and I'm already and I'm delivering it, hoping that I'm good. If you can understand where I'm at mentally, right, so right. and all yep. turned out to be a very great night just because of. Like, yo, who is this guy? Oh, he's pretty good. We already knew you were good. We're just happy to see you do it at this level. And so goes the story. So yeah, I mean, just to finish up real fast. Uh, oh, you don't, you don't need to rush any stories here, dude. You can, you can yeah. take your time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, um, a little bit of being myself, a little bit of knowing how to sway in and sway out. You know, don't try to be perfect. Just try to be you and understand that it's, the primary focus is the music. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the primary focus. Yeah. With a lot of people who are kind of anti-MC, <laughs> yeah, they like to say the MCs are failed rappers. You know what I mean? Oh. And it's yeah, it's it's always been a been a thing. Oh, you, you couldn't make it in rap. When it comes to me personally, I literally never tried to rap before drum bass. <laughs> it literally was not a thing for me. I was just, I'm gonna play drums. You know what I mean? So. Uh, and I started emceeing because I couldn't afford to be a DJ. You are actually a case of someone who literally does come from hip hop and mm -hmm. made it in drum and bass. So you're kind of like you, I guess I'm kind of answering the question for you. I'm kind of, you're kind of defying that stereotype in a way where you're a failed rapper. So how would you describe the difference between the stereotypical jungle emcee who's a failed rapper and someone who actually comes from a rap background and yeah, has morphed into drum and bass? I even bring this up because it was a certain point, at least here on the east side, that uh, a lot of cats who were holding it down all pretty much said they were retiring from drum and bass in some form to pursue their rap careers. 
And uh, really, like there was a lot of flat leaving going on at one point, to be honest. And I was coming in, and while I was coming in, and we had the Liquid Sky record going off, that was a moment in time where it was like, I guess for a few people, that there was hope that something was about to happen. It just happened that Liquid Sky kind of just defunct and it was done. And so it just kind of died out and we just we left all the space in between to try to figure out, well, what are we going to do next? Again, young kids, you know, um, trying to figure that out. And eventually it just takes, a, you know, it takes us to be a bit more grown to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, the most successful artist has been a failed artist. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So I think people look too much at the cover and not realize what it took for some of these people to get where they're going. And some people who are successful are still feeling like they're failed artists for whatever their goals are to be. So, I mean, I, I, I had the opportunity of, of working with like Mark Mack and Lewis Parker. He did amazing hip hop projects. You know, I ended up with a really cool thing with BBE Records. I mean, you know, I can tell you all this, you know, and for me, I'm flying through the roof. You know what I'm saying? You know, right. I'm, it's always, there's always, it's always this thing where people are like, oh, you ain't no big time this. You ain't never worked with this artist. You know, for me, it was, it was a progression of, you don't know this dude. You ain't doing no songs with him. Then you do the song with him. Oh, but you really don't know him. Then you're seeing the pictures with him. Oh, but you ain't doing no album with him. Oh, then it turns into, oh, you ain't doing another album with him. Or you ain't really, you know, so it, it just, it keeps graduating to what you've never done, you know? You know, like with the, I don't know, not to be too old school, but like, you know, MC Hammer, when he did turn his mother out. Oh, yeah. Scene with, I was like, you know, uh, you never rock New York City, Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and Hammer had to turn around and be like, I'm going to turn this mother out. And he, you know, the video was dope, and so be it. But as an artist, you get hit with sticks, stones, steel, anything people can throw at you. And I guess that's just part of the process. I don't know. I, I wish it wasn't, but it probably is because of depending on your support system. And uh, I wouldn't want any artist to look down upon himself, but I would want them to get better. And they should kind of, you know, look between the weeds and find what they need to, to make themselves better. Because, you know, whatever you're in it for is what it will be. It's the best way to say that, I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I it always struck me as funny, actually, that... Um, you know, when that whole, oh, you're a failed rapper, so now you're doing drum and bass and blah, blah, blah. It was always strange to me that no one would ever say that, well, why can't I do both? And, you know, I, it, it really hit me a lot, actually, uh, this last year, um, mm-hmm. looking at everything that, like DRS and Children of Zeus are doing. DRS mm-hmm. turns around and drops a hip hop album and no one really blinks an eye. And it, you know, it seems like over, obviously overseas things are different. You know, there is a much more cross-pollination of genres. And here, you know, we kind of tend to fit everything into its little niche. You know, that's the yeah, way it's got to stay. Are, I want to say that we are cliched or, or we're too, we're too, we, we too, we over-symbolize. You know what I mean? Like, so sometimes because of that, you know, you only see the best of the, or the so-called best of the best, so to speak. Maybe this person is just being seen because they're a, they're a cash cow, you know. So they're bringing money to a corporation that's spending the money to give this person, 
you know, the platform to, and, you know, God bless that person, of course. But, you know, you're also missing out on everything else that may have created this person as well. You know what I mean? So I just try to open, try to keep my mind wide open as to everything, you know, even to things that I may not necessarily like, at least try to give it a moment to be like, all right, let me understand what this is about before I have a super judgment about it. You know what I mean? An over judgment about it. Cause in the end, music is music, you know? So, um, whatever people like is what they like and what they don't like is what they don't like, you know? You know, uh, for me, I've always thought presentation has been the real issue of drum and bass in the States. And, uh, that's something I hope to sort of turn as much as I could. You know what I'm saying? So. Well, I wanted to ask you about the, there's a strange dichotomy going on in American drum and bass where it's it's obviously decentralized because the mm-hmm. states is fucking huge but LA has has always kind of been well I don't want to say always but they've for a long time now they've been on a different level than any other place including New York and mm-hmm. I always w- wonder why New York has never had uh has never kind of been considered outside of like maybe breakbeat science back in the day the center of drum and bass in North America, you know, logically speaking, you look at it on paper, it should. And for mm-hmm. some reason, back in the day, Toronto like took it and ran because of their UK connections. And then, right. you know, things were popping off in Philadelphia and DC for a long time. And then, you know, and things were always, always happening in New, in New York, but it never got like to the stratosphere the way it does in LA, which is on like this different level. And I'm wondering what I don't want, I don't want you to try and diagnose what other cities have or don't have, but wondering what you think maybe could improve in the New York City area anyway to elevate drum and bass I think in like the public consciousness uh ego at, at the end of the day we are some proud people here in New York if I could say that so so nicely so nicely <laughs> um the the uh the idea of what we want to do and how we want to do it we always have to put a little zazz on it it's just sometimes when that zass is thrown and you connect, that sometimes the people who uh, who have those successes turn into these other people of finger pointing. You can't do it like us. You can't do. And sometimes that's not inviting to people outside. You know, this is what happens sort of with like hip hop. You know, when New York was on top of the world for mad ages, and then the West did it, and everybody's like, "Yo, what? What is this? This ain't." These guys ain't messing with us. We the kings. And then the South took it over and never brought it back. You know what I mean? Damn, they almost killing what the New York sound is almost like. And in most of it is not because these other places didn't like what we did. I just feel like we were just over overcompensating in the ego department as far as this and that. And I think that's all this thing is ever about. It's always just about a little bit of sharing and respectful, uh, you know, back and forth. As far as, you know, because everybody's going to bring their own ideology into it. So things are going to change because of that. New York is now becoming a little bit open minded. You got a lot of decent bodies. We still have a concrete jungle, which right now is, you know, looking for, you know, it's had a little time out because of uh, that to change venues. But it's always been there. It's always been there for people to come out weekly. The nature of, of, of New York business is always a little bit more competitive than most. I guess the, 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 what I think would do the city good is a little bit 
of helping. It doesn't have to be give up all your ideas or your guest list or whatever. It just needs to be like, yo, kind of like that you're doing this. Let's show some support towards what you're doing. I think it's key. I just, it shouldn't be, I don't think it should be overdone. I just think it's, it's key towards creating some of those more happier connections between the whole drum and bass scene, so to speak here, you know? Um, and also not be cheapskates, to be honest. <laughs> you know? Right, right. You know, there's a lot of people who promoters shouldn't be asking artists to sleep in their bedrooms and things of that nature, which a lot of people do here really well. Shout out to my peoples who know what I'm talking about. I won't, I don't want to throw any names around because I throw a name out and I'm hear about the label. So, no, no, I get to it. my peoples, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> It's just the level of professionalism that needs to be done and just stop complaining to the world. This is a business. No, all businesses don't run as smooth as, as expected. And it takes a lot for things. I just witnessed an amazing thing in Ontario where they didn't even have a venue anymore. And it was last second that these guys had to figure out how to find a new venue and did it. And not only did they did it, they had a really great night. To, to, to add more lemonade, you know, lemonade to the lemon. So I just feel that, that the glass half full needs to be more of the thought process here in New York. It's, you know, or else, go ahead. Leave it to LA. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, fuck, man, LA. It's like they have an embarrassment of riches. But I will say, <laughs> you know, talking to people in LA, you know, there's the downside of all that too. I mean, there's lots of people who are bitter, lots of people who are feeling left out. I mean, that, that happens with any scene, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I've noticed, I, you know, I, I, you see it in, in pretty much every scene, all these things that you laid out with New York exists in every scene that existed in Buffalo. Um, you had like kind of rivalries and, you know, people sort of in conflict and not supporting each other for a while. And then when they finally did, that was when Buffalo's scene actually became, you know, something for like a period of like five, six years, it, it became something in this little city. And it was because people like, you know, put all their shit aside and cooperated for the greater good. And it was, it was kind of amazing to see. I think in a, in a city, maybe in a city like New York, because it's so big and because it's so dense and because you have so many options, it's hard to carve out your space to begin with. You know what I mean? So I'm, I, I don't know. I, obviously I'm not there. Um, but if I look at, you know, you know, Toronto. Even though I'm kind, I have one foot in Toronto, I'm still an outsider. So I see it from an outsider's perspective. And so I can right. kind of see the problems that a lot of them there are not seeing. You know what I mean? And every scene has yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, that's true. so now that you, now that you, um, have spent a lot of time outside of the New York City atmosphere, <laughs> um, you obviously do a lot of things abroad, a lot of things around the country, et cetera, et cetera. Do you feel like it's given you, that kind of a bit of an outsider's perspective on all that now, now that you can kind of see from the outside. Uh, yes. And uh, to, to, to what's, what you kind of see in that, to be honest, is the more things change, the more they stay the same. Oh yeah. You can either take that as a positive or as a negative sort of ideal. I want to say that within the last maybe five years, there's been an upswing towards people's interests of drum and bass. You know what I'm saying? Um, and when upswings, it also means it's, it's like what I tell my friend, when you have a lot of positive things going for you, the thing that people don't really tell you about the positive energy is that you need to manage the positive energy. Meaning 
There will be all kinds of other things that might come into your life that you may not necessarily need. And you have to figure that out too. You know what I mean? So, uh, I wouldn't, I would say overall, like, stateside is, is, you know, it's been a lot of amazing things happened over the last couple of years, man. You know, things I never thought I'd seen before. And, and especially with the whole, what I believe, in my opinion, was the first biggest liquid drum and bass night I've ever witnessed in the States being out in LA with Accelerator and those guys. You know, I've never seen a lineup like that before, liquid wise. Right. So right. There, there's a, there's an interest, you know, and, and it was a pre, pretty much a sellout night. So there's an interest that I think that is happening. And as long as everything's all together and the professionals and the, and the positiveness is there, I think what we're doing is, is we're, we're fertilizing the soil for that growth. And I think that's what's going on within the last couple of years. I mean, it's 50 states here, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> you know what I mean? You mean to tell me we can't have a, a, a proper industry here? It, 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 to me, it's, it's, a, it's absurd to think that that's not possible simply because it's music from, a, from abroad. And it has more roots here than, than in, in its essence. You know what I'm saying? Like, the breaks and the drums and all. This is speaking with my Forero peoples. All they wanted to do was sort of a hip-hop fast kind of thing. So, you know, there, there's got to be some relating, relating that needs to be done and fully explained and maybe transitioned into something good. doesn't mean commercial. It just means you guys are sleeping on this, and I think you should check this out. You know what I mean? So Right. So let's, uh, let's, let's skip a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you put out, uh, I guess that would be the first uh, American drum and bass MC album uh, with Life in Motion on one of the, the biggest drum and bass labels in the world, arguably like one of the three biggest, which was a pretty landmark event. When that happened, it seemed like a sea change. Um, it mm. seemed like this is sort of the final nail in the coffin that is the idea that drum and bass real drum and bass can only come from the United Kingdom. Um, you look at all these producers now, shit producers you have on your album, you got producers from all over the place. So whether you like it or not, you're kind of one of these ambassadors for this notion of global drum and bass. So to you, explain how that, how you feel about that. Explain how, what your place is uh, in discussing drum and bass, like on the worldwide stage and discuss what further changes you think are going to happen. I know it's a lot. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm in, I am. I am king optimism. You know what I mean. Um, and I hate that because I, sometimes I do think that my optimism gets the best of me. And I hate to throw it out there because sometimes I feel like you'll jinx what you hope becomes a reality of sorts. Like first and foremost, I'm an artist. You know. Um, you know, I remember the years of being myself, well, as we uh, earlier discussed, being a hip-hop dude at drum and bass parties and people being mad that I sound like a hip-hop dude in the States. You sound like a hip-hop dude, you know. I didn't really understand that either, but I just figured, like, it is what it is. What I only think that made me more comfortable is that after a while, like, there were other hip-hop dudes that was in these raves and drum and bass parties and they see you and they look at you like, what are you doing up there? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And, and, and then they hear you. And the first thing they do is move to the speakers because now they want to hear the lyrics just kind of connect inside of a, 
of the of the flow, the mechanism. And I think that was an absolute encouraging for me, being partly a lyricist myself. So um I think it's it's the grounds we're setting or first and first and foremost, we're back to the soil situation, the soil is still hard as hell, man. You know, we we start off when we we and every time we start and try to grow this flower, we end up with a bunch of weeds. And um, but what I do think we're doing is we're, we're softening the soil enough. We're getting enough sunlight now. You know, all the rain has came, and now things are starting to flourish in a much better uh, way. You know, um, I would love to see. These pockets, like the other day, if you would tell me that I would be doing a drum and bass party in Atlanta, I would laugh. And I just did that last week. You know what I mean? Um, all these little pockets in between that are like becoming, uh, you know, they, there's an interest that kind of just needs to be facilitated and take care of. And you hope that all the people that are, you know, at least if people see it like you do, that they, uh, just take care of it, man. I mean, this is all, all these, all, this is all it's about, you know? We, we can go back to like the days of the Chitlin circuit. We can go to when hip hop started spreading. It's all about these places taking it in and fully giving it its proper, proper needs. And, um, if you're in it, cause you know, if you're just in it for one thing and you don't get the one thing, you can destroy dynasty with that kind of, kind of thought. You know what I mean? And I think right now it just it's crazy to say like drum and bass has gotta be almost yeah, just twenty five, twenty seven years of age or something like that, almost thirty. Right. Maybe, you know. Um It's young. It's yeah, it's 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 been around though, but people are now sort of leaning more into it on some like, what is this? It's you know you know, maybe maybe that I kind of think maybe that moment of darkness when it felt like drum and bass was about to leave us in the old in, in the two thousands, early two thousands, that may have rekindled the flame because you know, kind of dubstep sort of held its own, and then dubsteps was sort of that subsidiary sort of what jungle and drum and bass was because of all the bass lines and stuff. And then one day dubstep went fast, and all these new kids were calling this fast dubstep for like a good while until people was like, no, this is not fast dubstep. So um I just feel like we just need to take care of it, man. Honestly. That's I think that's that's the first and foremost thing is more professionalism, more love, and just proper shows. That's at the end of the day, no no amount of money can save a bad show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, you could you could put all the lasers in the sky. You can have the holographics fly through. If the if, if the DJ sucked and the artist sucked and the whole thing sucked and everybody walks out saying, why did I spend this amount of money to come to this nonsense? And I think that's what we should look at as what not to do. We should not try to head there. So that's what I think. I'm very optimistic of seeing something. I may not actually be there when it happens, meaning, you know, I might have ran my time, and but I want to say that there is a... Uh, where these pillars, we're going to create the bridge for this kind of thing to happen. So, I was actually just talking to, well, I talked to DRS about it um, uh-huh. a lot. Kind of this idea that like we're sort of coming to our musical ascension at like a much older age than a lot of people do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, know, you know, the Beatles did all this shit when they were young. Like, 
the founding fathers of the United States did their shit when they were like in their early thirties. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm putting out my first album at age 44. You know what I mean? It's that's, that's how old it's going to, I'm going to be when the album drops. And it's like, Oh, but I feel like a lot of people are putting out stuff that's better than they've ever put out. And they're older. I mean, look at what, like what Royce is putting out. Like yeah. fucking Master yeah. Ace just put out a fucking great album. And he's like fucking what? 52. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those things that, that is, that's kind of crazy to me. I, I don't need you to expand on it necessarily, but oh. that. Oh, well, I, I don't mind expanding on that too a little bit. Uh, that is again, a, a state idea, an American idea, you know, um, there's a lot of healthy artists. Like we just talked about two artists who are damn near in their sixties and still throwing through this. There's no ageism. There's no isms behind it. People come out and watch these guys do their thing and they're beloved. Yeah. It's just here we have this thing. If the younger you are, the easier it is to take advantage of you rather than just say you're going to be, you know, every artist you ever heard of from the States has a, a story of getting jerked around so bad you know what I mean? <laughs> you know that you can't believe it and i guess the older and the more mind the more you start to understand things the more these got these labels or these corporate organizations say hey we don't want to deal with you anymore unless you already be, became this cash cow you know i've always felt like the, the industry has always tried to create another michael jackson of sorts every time there is a definite kind of modus operandi to specifically seek out uh, only the younger artists when it comes to certain labels. Uh, not re- necessarily getting rid of their older established artists, but when it comes to the new signees, they're going young. Um, oh, always young, always young. Um, and like I said, I don't want to specify a which. Let's not even right. Get ourselves here. You know, it, it is still a young man. This is you know. You know, uh, another fellow artist will keep his name out of it, but a lot of people thought he was like 20 something and then he breaks out and says, now nah, I'm like just turning 30 and all this stuff. So you can see like people jaws drop, like you're already there. And to me, I'm like, he's still young. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. I just think numbers do an injustice because of how they were sold in the sense. I mean, I remember somebody saying, yo, why wouldn't you not want to hear from somebody older? And what's going through their life, especially if they can do it in a very beautiful musical way. And I was like, they make, they sell this idea of becoming a super duper star, you know, and you're going to have all these teenage kids running after you and all this stuff. And this is what we'll give you, you know, that's, that's the sale of, I guess, of being sort of a big artist or a rock star or whatever have you. Of course, when you become that thing, you realize that everybody's in your pockets and what you signed up for, you didn't necessarily pay attention to this. So this is what you got. And then tomorrow you can be back on the street trying to relive those dreams. And um, there's big artists right now that can barely put two sentences together, for Christ's sakes. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and God bless them. And this is not like to make fun of them. This This is saying... Sometimes these places see you like this and they go, Oh, we'll just take him. You just, you need new clothes anyway, or you need new sneakers anyway, or whatever it is. And they take full advantage of you. This is why I love where German bases or just even going, you know, when I go out of, out of, out of abroad and stuff is that there's a level headedness and an actual real acceptance and a real good feeling for what you're doing out there you know it's like you know for me going across and hearing somebody say when i first heard this and I, i'm not even expecting them to talk about it it's bewildering and at the same time fulfilling so 
I looked for other interviews with you just to see what people have been asking you. And there weren't a lot, actually. I was surprised. But one did touch a little bit in a very abstract way, because I think maybe it was a written interview, um, touched on the idea of you being a black artist. And there's a, a quote that sticks out in my head always um, from uh, DJ Flight. And on her podcast, uh, The Next Chapter, she said, drum and bass is, you know, it's very multicultural. Um, it's a global thing, blah, blah, blah. But you wouldn't know it by looking at a lot of agency rosters. And so I kind of wanted to get your take on that idea, especially because you we, you touched on a little bit before how drum and bass comes from a lot of American uh, roots. Um, mm-hmm. Drum and bass is, in my opinion, it's black music. Um, mm-hmm. And granted, it's grown in a whole bunch of different directions, but at its core, it comes from music that was primarily created by, right. by black people. And I want to know kind of what your take is in terms of like representation on agency rosters, representation in like a lot of the producers that are getting signed and releasing big records, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, or, and if you even want to take a step back and be like, I don't want to say too much, that's cool too. But I just kind of want to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, man. It's a, I know, it's a big idea here. To, to <laughs> yeah, it's big. It's, it's, uh, the thing is, is that this whole agency story is it's a whole new world, man. I still haven't caught a grasp because I'm so in so much more independent mining, you know. So, and add to the fact that I'm stateside, kind of puts a little bit of a fair, at least in the, in the abroad agencies, mostly because of all the issues of coming back and forth and situations like that. So I I, I don't know what she kind of really meant by it, you know what I mean? But um, if you're across the water and you're part of those agencies, I at least from what I know and from what I hear. You are the you are a busy person, dude. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, you know, I've heard some very sad stories of like some pretty bad instances with some agencies, but for the most part, I mean, it's it's out the woodworks. Like in certain in certain circumstances, MCs are getting more booked than the DJs. Oh yeah. In, in many ways, so yeah. it's it's yeah. I don't really have a an answer to that. I, I, maybe I need to dig a little bit more and check out the interview myself, but. Two things I'll, I'll say, and this is just my opinion, the two things. And one is called EDM, and the other is called techno. Uh, drum and bass, in a lot of, for a lot of reasons here in the States, fits within those genres, and rightfully so. But it's seen within those grounds, uh, like we can go back to like New Wave and all this other stuff. And whenever Euros influence, Europeans influence on Americans has always been this guy with yellow prickly hair and glasses, and he was just like, he looked like he didn't belong here, and he was playing this, this electronic-y, wonky music. And that's, and that's been like the idea, in my opinion, for what people thought is one style of music. And most of the times, these guys were playing a lot of stuff that had a lot of stuff that, uh, from, 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 you know, from the essence, from a lot of black, black influenced music. Um, Again, we're in America where we, we, we symbolize and iconize. And I'm saying iconize. That's not even a word. But we kind of. <laughs> it can be. Fuck it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and, 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 and we see that and that's it. Straight. You know what I mean? It, we just see that and, you know, like we lived off a couple decades of the British invasion. If anybody really peeked out from the Beatles to the eighties, you know what I mean? It was these, these influx of cats 
who came over and pretty much made a living and was selling out these huge stadiums. You know what I mean? That's always been the ideal for us. So now we're going in into this underground idea, and it's European-driven more than American-driven, at least on the outside. You know what I mean? So people only see what they want to see on those levels. And because of that, a lot of people close off. And I remember Reed Speed one day saying that, you know, this music used to only be for weird people. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, she says she kind of missed a lot of the weirdness. And I never really thought about it. And then I looked around and said, yo, all my friends are cool, but you're right. You all seem weird for our own reasons being. <laughs> so I, I kind of giggle about it because maybe that's what it is as well. Like, if you didn't necessarily fit into society, nobody was really caring what she was doing. You know, it's like that movie, uh, The Nerds. You know, we... The nerds were nerds until they started doing all this high tech type stuff and started becoming cool with the rest of the college or something like that. Yeah, I'm, it's an 80s flick. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, some of the 80s flicks were just like that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dating yourself, so, buddy. Watch out. <laughs> yeah, you know, but because of how people see you, people already have an idea. It's an early judgment until something breaks through, you know. So it's a sad thing, but it's just a matter of changing that idea. Like the whole idea of drum and bass to people here is just that it's fast and it's hard and it's dark and it's wonky and they don't give a care. And then when they hear like a cat like Bookham, you know, who plays a much more lighter, easier, soulful jazz, they don't, don't even, they don't even think it's drum and bass anymore. They think it's some sort of spiritual energy, high process. You, you, you got to hear it yourself. It's crazy. And, and I think that we just need to, to be able to let people understand that. And, 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 ah, yeah, it's work. It's work to be done. I'll say it's work to be done. Yeah. I, I guess I, I bring up that topic too, because I, I, a lot of artists who are, you know, who are white, um, mm -hmm. and, and by the way, and mostly, mostly men, <laughs> um, yeah, you men, know, take, yeah, I... taking this music that, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to specify artists that are doing this, but, you know, a lot of the big like rock and jungle artists are white now. Um, mm -hmm. and again, you've always had that, but I wonder sometimes if we are going to run into the problem where the gatekeepers are going to be increasingly white. Um, and if that will cause an imbalance in like the diversity amongst the, the pool of producers out there, the pool of creators. Yeah, that's, I, I actually like these questions to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I like talking about a lot more than just drone base. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the bigger ideas, I, I mean, and it, and it is a culture, it's a subculture and it does have a certain amount of, of racial politics in it, whether we like it or not too, uh, you know, kind of unspoken, especially because obviously, you know, our, with our generation and younger, especially it, it's expected of us to be more progressive, but you know, Cleveland Watkins sometimes posts some stuff on Instagram that has to do with race. Uh, mm -hmm. Tony Coleman, London Electricity posts some stuff that has to do with uh, politics and he gets called out by people who are like hating on him for it. And it's like people don't want to hear the deeper, more political, more personally impactful side of mm -hmm. this music. They act like there shouldn't be this kind of discussion in the music. And so I constantly feel like I want to talk to people and kind of get their feeling about where we stand culturally, racially, socially, because that's what's going to dictate where we go musically. Um, there are generations that need to go by before we can get rid of a lot of the uh, 
a lot of the racism, a lot of the classism, you know, a, a whole lot of other uh, schisms that might be around that sort of told these ideas because uh how a person was raised, we can't stop that person will always happen that, but we can change them by showing them other things. And I think that's what a lot, that's this is what people come to. Initially, I thought people came to the raves for, you know, like the, you know, I've, I've always said like hip hop when Cool Herc was out there playing music to calm down the area, so to speak. You know what I mean? Right. The people that were in there were of different kinds and from different classes and, and different backgrounds. So you may have had a few, few cool people from the Upper East Side, which is more upper class people, and you may have had the gangsters outside the place. You know, they, they were all there partying sort of together in the frame. So it's an early, it's an early template. But of course, when the music stops, everybody is back to whoever they were prior to the music starting. Right. So I, th- I just think like, um, generations, like we're like, I hate to just keep bringing up this whole Trump everything, but I just feel like the Trump everything is just mostly about what people missed. And it was good to one set of people and not very good to a whole other set of people, multiple others. And I think if the changing could start somewhere around there, you know, in meaning their generations and generations past, which is probably going to be the way it goes, then you will start to see it in the music. You start to see it within the culture. You know what I mean? And so the, the places that like drum and bass or the rave culture that already been pretty much way ahead of its time is to bringing people together and the point and the, will be that even, that even much more influential in people's lives as far as that. You know, I'm optimistic. Again, I'm super optimistic. <laughs> and, um, I just feel like everybody needs to be put on the right road or the right track without the puns, you know, but, uh, that's what I see. I just feel like it's a generational thing. So like, I'm from gen, we're from generation X and generation X always, proper rebellion you know what i'm saying yeah we, we was we were so against anything except that we were too we never really like uh we never followed we through to, right we wouldn't follow through a lot and we oh you know and we, we just wanted to be away whereas the next generation also wanted to be away but they found a way to be more independent business minded entrepreneur minded and they finessed something that seems to be away but still, you know, building, still more progressive. Yeah, you know, in other words, it's like a, the cut of the narcissism is pretty much thrown away. Whereas I think our generation has a bit of narcissism because if you went and did something with this, we would call you a sellout no matter what. <laughs> yeah, no, I know how that goes. I mean, I came from a punk background, so it was, it was like that all the time. And I'm, I'm guilty too of, of uh-huh. accusing people of being a sellout. You know what I mean? And then, I turn around and see my whole generation acting like the hippie generation where they had these ideals and they had these intents, but they fucking didn't follow through with anything in the long term. And, you know, so now we got these, you know, we got millennials who think differently, even though they're criticized a lot, they think differently than we did. Um, and in a lot of, uh, really positive ways. Um, you know, I think anybody who's older is always going to look down their nose a little bit at the younger (laughs) and tell them what's wrong with them. Even though, no matter how good they're doing, it's just one of those things. Um, and it's funny because, you know, the drum and bass bubble, um, is very like welcoming of 
kind of everybody regardless of age. Like, so the people who've been in it since day one and the people who are like new are kind of like all coexisting in this realm together a lot more than you might see in other, uh, mm-hmm. in other circles, which I, I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? The, the, the thing about like electronic music is it's, because it's young, the pioneers of it are still around and active. So there's yeah. no reason to relegate them to the, the classic rock station because they're still current. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, I think a lot of times you don't see it as much in, in our particular subculture because we don't have it yet. And we'll get there. You know, you're start, you're starting to see that a lot in hip hop now where you're having a generation of kids doing it who don't know anything about what came before them. And I think part of it is because it's been around long enough that we're starting to lose sight of, you know, the foundations and stuff like that. And that hasn't really happened in drum bass yet, but it's going to. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm immensely curious as to what it's going to look like when it does happen. All right. I want to shift back into the music just a little bit. Um, you did post about how something big is coming up and you posted a coming to America meme. Now I'm not planning on putting this up for at least a few weeks anyway. So it'll happen, but, I wonder if uh, will will you be able to tell me what that is because this isn't going up for a while. Right. Well, I can tell you then. I don't mind telling you. Um, I put together something that I think is. I mean, I'm excited about it because I feel I'm going to. I think I wowed the pants off of myself, and that's always <laughs> a good thing from an artist. But it's sort of a power mix, and uh, I have DJ IQ involved, and. We're talking about Next Level and all this, and the first song we did on Liquid Sky was called Next Level Shit. By the way, big up to big up to IQ. Yeah, so you know he, uh, I had this idea while I was fooling around with Audacity, and I just started losing my mind. I don't like I thought I was DJ track in the house for real, (laughs) and I kind of just like, yo, you gotta hear what I'm trying to do here, and I sent it to him, and honestly, you know he's. He's like a solidified real DJ. And he heard it and was like, dude, you just wowed the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, you just you just complimented me saying that I wowed you. Yo, what do you think? He was like, yo, let me make this sound like something for you, though. And that's where so it all begins. So it's a proper mix. It's, a, it's, a, it's about to be an hour-long mix. Um, we're going to probably debut it. Uh, on the tw- well, I can't, we might, we're not taping it, but I'm going to debut it on the 28th on the radio show on DMV Radio. And there's these like power mix situations, these mashups, these VIPs, and all kinds of everything that's thrown in between. Um, and I'll say this: the one of the one of the ideas I don't mind giving away is that I wanted to do something with all the dope halftimes of drum and bass. So nice. I was looking for, I was trying to figure out. You know what I wanted to use as far as the dope halftime, especially the ones that were like more hip hop, hip hop esque, so to speak. And what I realized is that I have so much material that what I wanted, what I initially wanted to do, it might as well be just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And what we have is like, you know, I can't even lie, man. It, it's it's really exciting to, to for me to let people hear this, man. I hope people. Take it in when it come out and stuff. <laughs> so it's a mix that you it's a mix. put together, the name but our... it's called next. Yeah, it's called next level event. So the our... name of the mix. Oh, it's it's like called, next yeah, level it's shit. Next I like level that. Event, and it's mixed. 
It's fixed by IQ, pretty much. So, are you emceeing on it as well? Are other people emceeing on it? Is, um, or is it just... Probably, uh, you might get sick of hearing my voice after hearing listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you got other emcees on there with you, or is it just going to be you? Uh, well, I got some features, okay. but um, I wouldn't say... Well, one is a feature of, like, Astro from Texas. Uh, Astro's the homie, man. That, yeah. That's a long-time brethren right there, man. Um, you know, and then I got like, like, I got dynamite on there and I got like, and I got, a, I got, a my God, Adrian Richards, uh, but right. they are only because of the song that we already did. So they're not really features, but the actual thing is more of a VIP situation. So I'm trying not to kill you with what's going on. Of course, I want you to hear it and be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like that anyway. Trust me. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's yeah. a reason why Life in Motion took two years to, to be like, uh, two years and a half actually to be something it was. And it's just very hard to manage egos and what people are doing. And oh, yeah. certain things are absolutely worthwhile. Like, you know, I'll share this. When we were doing Blue, it was like an opening in the sky of a storm. You know, <laughs> I didn't have a lot of time to think about, you know, cause, you know, Callaway was more like, yo, uh, just, Send whatever you have, but I'm like, send whatever I have. I don't have anything. Fucking Moses so, is asking you to send whatever you have. <laughs> pretty much. And so what happened was I sat down actually with IQ as well. And we was like, so what should I do, man? We pretty much went and found one of our favorite, uh, caliber records and I wrote to it and I sent it to him. He turned it into like a damn ass super Superman song. So. I actually got that, that same thing I'm talking about. That's actually on the next level of that mix. All right. Excellent. Yeah. So you'll get to hear, you might, you get to hear blue with its essence. Really? So okay. This is what I'm saying. You know, there's all that kind of stuff going on. I, I actually, you know what? It's funny because, you know, I, I had a list of questions for you at the beginning. That's why this interview has felt much looser than any of my other ones because I just basically chucked the, the question list. I actually want to ask you about blue because are you addressing anybody in particular when you're, when you, when, in those lyrics or uh, a particular group of people? Cause it sounds like, you know, you got a bone to pick with what people are saying about you. Well, I guess, okay, yeah, I mean, and, and on a small disclosure, because I've been around for a while and I've always kept into the shadows, you don't really realize how much you didn't take advantage of in the sense of, yo, you played at this big party. You played with this big DJ. You played with this, and and it wasn't like it was like some write-off. People loved you, so why don't people know you? Okay. And so so when you start teaming up with, you know, V gives me a bit of a platform as well. You start team. It's like New York had me as sort of as a best kept secret for a really long time. And so when Brian comes in and says, "Yo, let's do this work and all this." A lot of people, you get kind of irked when you start seeing people say, "Hey, this new artist from New York," and it's like, "New artist from New York? I got a, I got catalog. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've been around, man. You know, right. so it was maybe that that was one of the things that it was that was in my mind, of course. But uh, it was kind of like to just get it off your chest, so to speak. So it was a little bit, maybe there was a little bit of a shot. It just felt good to. You know, just tell people, yo, I've been around, so I'm only new to you, you know? No, I, I, lo I, I loved it, man. It was one of those things where, because I, I, yeah, I did a track like that that was addressing a certain a certain group of mm -hmm. people. And uh, you were able to, you had an economy of words 
with just that line. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you know, man. Where it ends up is it's only new to you. It's just like it simultaneously elevates you and puts the people you're talking to in their place. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like it was perfect. And just the idea of blue itself. So I'm like breaking down all kinds of blues in a sense, you know. It, it, it's, it's, it's telling people I'm coming from a darker place long run, I guess. You know, I'm just a product of blue, so bluesy. And then I talk about, they say I'm caught up in the blue. They say I'm, they say I'm coming out the blue. Now I'm caught up in the blue I never knew. And to me, those lines are chilling because I know exactly what I mean, what I'm saying, though. It's like, whoa. I actually recognize that, yes, I am coming out of some, you know, some situations that leave you in really damaged, depressed, emotional mind states. And I'm flying into the sky and it's like, whoa, it's blue up here too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It's a different kind of blue. So it's, you know, yeah, I don't want to kill you with all that stuff, but yeah, you know, that's, that's, the, that was the fun of making that record. <laughs> so, uh, before we wrap up here, um, I want to ask you like kind of future plans, like, planning a new album at all you play are you gonna kind of relax and just kind of do singles and eps or what's going on with v and you guys you know you still you still uh connect with v what's what's happening uh yeah now me and brian have been really thinking about some stuff man um i honestly wanted this album to breathe just breathe you know first it was because like you said it it felt like it was mission impossible a lot of people couldn't even believe that you can get all these artists on one project in the first place. And now that it happened, you know, it felt like it was a, uh, it picked up more and more. And even up to now, like people are still just getting like, yo, this, this life in motion album is fire. And, you know, so there is absolute legwork with that. And, and, uh, I just feel like we need to take our time with that being said. We are planning to do sort of a remix project for it. Oh, nice. And, okay. uh, yeah, you know, um, I think that's something that people might want to check out. I don't want to mention any names until everything's 100%, but there's a lot of amazing producers, again, involved in that. And, uh, of course, I'm doing a few hip-hop projects. One, of course, back with Mark Mack for Hero, and uh, also with a fella named Maverick Soul, which me and him have been quietly working on some stuff. Oh, so okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's... And, and, and along the way, some surprising features with some some of your favorite producers. So yeah, it's a busy. I didn't mean for this year to be busy, but it might be busier just because of all the little things. They build up to things sometimes. So, all right. So hey, I'll wrap this up because we've been on the phone a long fucking time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else you want to like plug or talk about real quick or wrap up with? Any final thoughts? Uh. Man, I'm I'm just I'm here for the culture, man. Um, I'm here to 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 enlighten and, and lift, and I'm here to see this thing really blossom into something very special. So uh, I'm gonna keep trying to do my part and being consistent with the music, and in any which way I can, because uh, you know, drum and bass is love. It's it, and 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 this is what it does, and I'm glad it it actually helped me to keep pursuing my creative paths. You know what I mean? So. That's really it. So much love to, to everybody from the States for all the support and much love to everybody abroad. And let's just keep this thing going. So, uh, Hey man, I appreciate all your time, especially because you got a baby in the background waiting. So you heard him in the background. That might be all in the pro. Oh man. Oh no, that's all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I heard a little bit. I don't, I don't think people are going to really notice that too much. 
Anyway, thanks, man. I appreciate this so much. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll check in with you later in the year. All right. Thanks, bro. Sure, bro. Yeah, man. Happy we kicked this on so. All right, man. Talk soon. All right. Take care, bro. Right, bye. Bye. Are we live? It sounds live. We about to mid flights. Are you enjoying yourselves? Cause this is late night flexing. Game time, step into a great vibe session. Yeah. Going past 11 and we rocking till 7. Yeah. What were you expecting? I'm zoning for the moment. This is when you're not forgetting on a late night. Sounds so heavy, the rollers roll melody, the crowd bows steady uh, Taking your control, then push you through dimension uh, Mind and suspension, uh, late night yeah, connections uh, Catch me marauding, progressive innovations Electric when it's blazing, selections for engagement Infectious, not pretentious, all events can cultivate it Protected by the vessels who don't pretend to be crazy Drumming, effing, pacing it, don't you dare cliche me We all up in this jungle like running rivers and lake streams Great times in the daytime, make the day scream Night lights make the Moonshot with the raving Spotlight grabbing Killing them every time It's rock star habits Thrillers exhilarating The night is well established Sound flow across the board Across the atlas Reactions Feel like I'm setting off Reactors Real actors The actors with these Actors and actress We got this Rapping to dawn And that was practice We packed this Spot to connect Late night attractions Late night flexing Game time Step into a great vibe session Going past 11 And we rocking till 7 What were you expecting? Zoning for the moment this is when you're not forgetting on a late night Sounds so heavy The rollers roll melody The crowd bows steady Taking your control and push you through dimensions Mind and suspension Late night connections Yeah, if you wanna call me better call after midnight Soldiers of the dark are where the cap and it fits right Shadow boxer, strike quicker than fist fights Known to bring the ruckus if the DJ don't mix right I wrote it in my journal Adventures of the ones who stay nocturnal We come to heat it up and keep it thermal I'm marching like a colonel Wait for my command, check out the verbal I congregate my troops inside the circle It's all there, shoot up a flag Quick, go like that, they're prepared Ready to share, yep, they like that We connect through the sound they select one for all, all for one, nobody forcing the net Nobody forcing, I'm forcing a portion Far from distortion, it's higher levels I'm sourcing, we never tie from exhaustion The 19, kings and queens Rock and call me, the best here Have no fear, we are the scene Late night flexing, game time Step into a great vibe session Going past 11 and we rocking till 7 What were you expecting? Zoning for the moment, this is when you're not Forgetting on a late night Sounds so heavy, the rollers roll melody, the crowd bows steady, taking your control, then push you through dimensions, mind and suspension, late night connections. Yeah. 
retrofit, maybe the surgeon Searching for an hour where I can take you out of here Only through the music we lose it, let's keep it crowded There's a lot to engage with, I hit her with the basics If they ain't connecting, gotta kick them off the stages Yeah! Control, then push you through dimensions. Uh, Mind and suspension, late night connections. Yeah.